Hey everybody, this is Cameron Henner. Welcome to the newest episode of Sword Coast Coast to Coast, our actual play podcast where we play D&D, and you can hear us doing it. Um, This is our second campaign, or the first episode of our second campaign. Um, If you remember our first one, we uh, dealt with Jimothy Ironbow, we dealt with Green Anne, there was all kinds of antics going on in the uh, town of Burdusk. You can go back and check that out uh, if you want by by scrolling back through the feed or doing whatever you want to do. But if you want a new stuff, this is the new stuff. I don't know why I phrased it that way. This is the next campaign. It's a good, solid four hours of listening. What you're seeing here in this first episode is the first hour or so. So this will be about uh, four episodes of cool stuff to listen to. Hopefully you enjoyed a lot. Our sound got a whole lot better because we're all recording individual audio that I'm editing together. There's still a little bit of weirdness, um, but I think you're going to enjoy it a whole lot more than what we had before. It's got a lot easier to listen to, a lot less cutting in and out, things like that. That is awesome stuff. Um, We don't do any of this at the very beginning of the episode, but it's helpful for you to know. Uh, Our players are, of course, Michael playing Silverleaf. Uh, We have James playing uh, Kylie, who would be God King. We have Jordan, who is playing Wegg, who is actually not here for the first two hours of the session, but is here for the back two. There's a little bit of an explanation for that in the show. And then we have Mary, who is playing Tess, not Phineas anymore. Uh, A little bit of a change out happened there, but there's plenty of people who are are in the Sword Coast, Coast to Coast family. Plenty of different characters that could show up, so don't you worry about it, even a little bit. Um, she's playing a tabaxi named um, uh, Tess, and it's a, it's a good time. Anyway, so I'll let you get right to it. Um, we have all kinds of cool stuff in this episode. I think it's uh, really good, and uh, it really ramps up in the next episode. There's a lot of kind of like fact-finding and info stuff in this one, so um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the episode, and then One month after Greengrass, and all of you have spent the intervening month in and around uh, Burdusk. So this kind of small town or small city, somewhere between town and city, uh, that you adventured in last time, if you remember. I'm sure you all do remember, but just a reminder. You um, uh, dealt with the problem of Green Anne. You sent Jimothy Ironbow to a different city. I don't remember where you sent Jimothy Ironbow. Do you? Okay, you send him to Baldur's Gate. So he probably at this point has just reached Baldur's Gate, <laughs> um, which is kind of it introduces a lot of questions into the mix that I don't think we really dealt with last time. Like, is there enough food in that <laughs> carriage that you gave him? Um, does the the halfling does he know about it? Uh, and will he feed and give water to Jimothy Ironbow? But you haven't heard anything about it, and so none of you are particularly worried. Um, and you've all kind of settled into a little bit of life before going on your next adventure. You all know that, you know, someone in need will show up and they'll uh, ask you to do something. But in the intervening time, uh, you went to the Greengrass Festival. You all have in your inventory, I, I told you this in chat, but just for people um, who are listening to know, um, you all have a special item that's in your inventory that has something to do with what happened last time. You, you, you all gave me a... Um, little description of what you did 
um, during Greengrass. Uh, Kylie uh, came second in a coconut shy contest, first in sausage eating, and uh, refused to participate in a log roll. And then he fell asleep in the back of a wagon and had to walk back to town after presumably that wagon went home. Um, Silverleaf uh, discovered funnel cakes. Um, and had to console himself after hearing a of a death of a close friend or an enemy back at home. Can't um, tell which. But can't tell which. You don't, don't know. know. Just the ambiguity of the language. Yeah. <laughs> um, and instead of Phineas, uh, so so Mary is no longer playing Phineas, but is now playing um, Chess uh, Shortfang, a Tabaxi rogue. And did some games during during Greengrass. Sadly, Wegg is not with us today, but might be at some point. <laughs> uh, but Wegg went bobbing for apples. And um, uh, funny enough, uh, he didn't win. He didn't grab enough apples to win, but they gave him the whole basin of apples for free afterwards because no one else wanted to play. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what you all told me about what happened. I think these are all kind of appropriate um, uh, character moments for you, and so you all have an item in your inventory that, in some way, shape, or form, um, uh, deals with that. You don't have to reveal that now. That can come up whenever it comes up. Um, so, so either that's that's perfectly fine. But one month after Greengrass, you are all sitting in the inn. Seeing the same inn that you've been seeing in this whole time. I don't know why I don't remember the name of it. Does anyone the remember body the body barrel. barrel? The body barrel. I didn't write it down and I couldn't, <laughs> I just could not summon yeah. that. You're all sitting in the body barrel, um, eating breakfast the same as you normally would be. The, the fare has gotten a little bit better. It's eggs and some sausage and some leafy greens instead of just eggs and leafy greens. Um, and you're, you're all hanging out here. And someone walks in to the body barrel. It is a human woman. She has uh, dark skin. She has a cloak over her head. You know, she's been traveling. She's kind of dirty a bit. Um, she's, she's got tall boots that have mud all over them. You know, it's still springtime. And, uh, you know, it's raining fairly regularly. And she comes in and... Uh, she kind of pulls her, um, uh, what do you call it? Her cloak off of her head. And you can see it's uh, a woman probably in her 60s. She's, she's uh, fairly older. And she says, are, are you the ones who destroyed or, or saved Burdusk, rather? She's a, she's a little cagey about what, what it is. She says, are you the ones that saved Burdusk? She says, if so, I have a problem I need you to solve. Kylie says, no, you're thinking of Jimothy Ironbow. <laughs> she says, is is the mayor around? No, I heard he lost the election in shame. Uh, he didn't lose the election in shame. He lost the election and then was shamed. <laughs> she says, so he's not here. That's what you're telling no, me. No, he disappeared. Oh, no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, mysterious disappearances are in the air these days. It, that's why I'm here to see you. That's how, why I'm here to ask your help. Mysterious disappearances in the town of Easting. Do you know of the town of Easting? No. Tell me about the town of Easting. 
well, it's east of here. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, and, and she kind of gives you a little bit of geography of the area. She, she uh, you remember from last time um, that we talked about the kind of sister city for Burdusk is Iriabor. Um, Iriabor is kind of the next city on the Trader's Way. Um, it, uh, it, you know, it's just a big trade path um, in this region of the world, kind of uh, east of the Sword Coast. And um, basically, Easting is a small uh, kind of like pit stop town. It used to be a, like a, a dwarven trading post, but now it's kind of a town. Um, it's like a little pit stop overnight between Iriabor and the, the next couple cities over. Um, and so she kind of gives you that little geography lesson. And she says, um, she says, I'm here because a, a week after Greengrass, um, people started disappearing from the outskirts of our town. And we, you know, we, we asked people as they were coming through the Easting, we said, who can you help us? You know, your adventurers, your traders, whatever. And people said, no, no, no. Um, but Burdusk was threatened by some sort of force and the mayor was, it was a coward. And these adventurers who meet in the body barrel, they are the ones who stepped up to solve the problem. And they got a new mayor elected. He's, he's honestly not that great, <laughs> but, uh, at least, at least, you know, and, and so she kind of gives you the thing that now people know that, you know, word has gotten out that. All these things are being poisoned and kind of harmed. And she says, you, you, there's no one else in this, you know, I, I've traveled every town looking for someone to help us for the, the past three weeks, and you're our only hope. Okay. I'm Pregn- pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm interested. Um. I feel you have to ask. Does it pay? Yes. Um, uh, in what way? We're we're just a small trading town, and it's my wife who's gone missing. I'll Honestly, offer you everything I have. Who's the mayor of your town, and are there elections coming up? We don't have a mayor. Oh, what government system? Mayor. Uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> We, we ha- worker-run uh, commune? Um, we don't have a worker-run commune. Is it a commune if everyone just agrees on things and does them? <laughs> that doesn't sound like any commune I've been a part of. This is kind of like... Takes a, you know, a lot of different things to make the world go round. Yeah. She says. She shrugs. <laughs> she says, we have a ruling council. Hmm. Oh. Are they up for election? There are no elections. There, it's a lifetime appointment, and it and it's dependent on how wealthy you are. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I mean, Kylie looks at the other two, and is Kylie's always ready to go. Yeah, he's sick of Burdus. I'm also like ready it. to add yeah. more scrimshaw lines to my journal. Tess, okay. what do you think? Like I said earlier, I'm interested. I am always willing to go somewhere now. Okay. And that's kind of a big part. I guess we didn't say this before. That's kind of a big part of Tess as a character, right, Mary? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Wegg, I think, uh, has become so enamored 
with the local religion here at the Temple of Jurgle that um, he's not here right now <laughs> and, <laughs> and might catch up later. Um, okay, so she uh, says, or she kind of goes out and she says, okay, I arrived here by Trader Barge and um, that that's how we're going to get to Easting. It's along the river here. Um, and it'll take us three days. It would take us um, 10 days to get there by road. It's going to take us three days to get there by boat. So we're taking a boat. Um, does anyone, does it, and she says, does anyone get boat sick? Not a big fan of boats. Okay. What about a little fan of boats? <laughs> no, I'm not a fan of boats at all. Okay. Kind of anti-boat. Okay, well, this is what we got. I'm extremely pro-boat. Boat means fish, and I love fish. <laughs> That's true. Um, so Boat means water. It, indeed, it does. She says, but it's a, it's, a, it's a wide barge. You know, this is a big, shallow kind of, um, you know, it's not a seafaring vessel. This is a slow-rolling river vessel. Does that make you feel better about it? I'll stay in the middle. Okay. She said she she says you should stay right in the middle and she kind of points there's a little hut, you know, built on top of the thing. Um, and the boat captain is there and he's got, um, you know, he's a gnome and he has a big, massive hat on. Mm. Um, and he says, Yar, get on board. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so so you all do. Um, and uh, it's three days. Is there anything you do on the boat while you're? Riding your way there? Yeah, I'd like to ask her, what are the nature of these disappearances? Is it like broad daylight blinks out of existence? Is it like out walking at night, don't come home? She says um, that the the disappearances so far, that there are five people, no, six people, she says, have disappeared. She says the the first disappearance was um, a lo- the local ranger who kind of you know pays attention to the the forest around Easting. He hunts a bit. He helps people who get lost. He kind of patrols the roads occasionally. Um, and his name is Jeff Steed Handler. And Jeff Steed Handler um, just has been gone for several weeks. Um, and that, that was a little strange, but not out of ordinary. And everyone just kind of assumed that, you know, dangerous stuff is happening out there in the woods and either he's off doing his own thing or he's been, been injured in some way and he might've perished. And so they sent people out to look for him and and no one found him. Um, and then she said there was a disappearance of, uh, some gnomish farmers who live about a day South of Easting. Um, and that's the fork family. And they just disappeared one day. Their, their farmhouse, completely empty. Um, it looked like someone had stolen some of their items, but, but strange items. So like all of their cutlery, all of their plates, all of the um, kind of small knickknacks around, right? Not furniture, but anything that kind of could be picked up and carried. All of it was but, gone. Um, mm-hmm. Was it a lot of metal things? Um, not, I mean, smaller metal items, but not exclusively metal things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, you know, so the, the search party was, was put together and they searched around and, and they found nothing, not a single trace of the, 
of the fork family or their forks and she's or their forks indeed um and she said the the final person to disappear and the reason that she has left to come find you um is that her wife gina stormhand had disappeared um and she went to work one day and never returned where does she work at work She's the caretaker of uh, a tower. It's called the Tower of Obalon. Um, kind of deep in the forest to the south of the um, of the town. And this is something her family has done for generations. And she went to go take care of the tower in the way that she normally would every couple weeks. And she didn't return home. And after not returning home, um, uh, Paige says... She says, I decided that I would need to come and find help um, because everyone else just said, oh, it must be monsters. It must be bandits in the area. But bandits would demand a ransom and uh, monsters would be going after livestock or something like that. They would be encroaching on the town or people on the road would see them. Um, this is something different. Um, and so that's why she's come to find adventurers. What, what was the name of that tower again? The Tower Wait. of Obalon. It's kind of a well-known um, oddity in this this part of the world. Do I know it? Who's? Give me a Arcana check. Twenty. Oh wait, nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. So you. So. Um, you know, as I said, kind of a well-known thing. Well-known in the way that, like a, um, like a battleground would be well-known, right? Like some, we, there are weird people who like travel to all the battlegrounds mm-hmm. and like go and see all of them, um, and like think about the in real life, in real life, and in, <laughs> also in the Forgotten Realms. I think probably <laughs> they're like people who are going to Borskir Bridge to be like, and Bale fell here. Um, <laughs> but uh, and there's like a little plaque that. <laughs> says it but um so it's that kind of thing so it's a tower it um occasionally will open um but it but it was abandoned it was built by a wizard hundreds of years ago people assume it's obalon but they don't really know and occasionally it'll open and people can go inside of it and they don't get access to anything it's just kind of the smooth empty space on the inside um, but, uh, it's mostly closed and uh, it's well taken care of. And so people kind of make pilgrimages there over time, but, uh, you don't have any special knowledge of Obalon. You've never talked to anyone who has special knowledge of Obalon. There's conspiracy theories and things like that. You know, oh, it's, it's a secret name for Elminster, um, mm. or, or, uh, you know, that, oh, they're the mad mage. Uh, once made his way there, but you don't know anything really about it, right? You you know enough to know that there's a lot of um, rumor in the uh, tower enthusiast community, uh, but beyond that, not a lot of info. Just boating. Just boating. Okay. Rolling on the river. Is there anything else? Yeah, I, I know you're rolling on the river. Do you want to do some fishing? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, I want to fish. <laughs> Okay, uh, give me an animal handling. Okay. 15. So so you all see Silverleaf just 
Um, you know, you have this kind of long conversation over the course of a day and you're getting all this kind of information about the town and, um, Silverleaf appears giddy during this conversation uh, and impatient because just can't wait to get his, is it just a string? Is it, it does it have a pole or is it just like a string with a hook? I on mean, it? <laughs> I think it's like one of those things where I like tie the string to my big toe and then take a nap, you know? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay, uh, so you, you see him just giddy. Yeah, you see him so excited about this, and as soon as the conversation is over, he ties a string to his big toe and throws it in the thing and immediately goes to sleep. Um, uh, you know, and and um, Tess, you're watching a little bit, and, and you know, occasionally, because sometimes the river gets a little bit more shallow, and uh, you might go, like, buy some flotsam, you know, with all of the, like, you know, it might be some logs tied up on some rocks. And you think, oh, no, that string's going to get caught on those rocks. It's going to drag him in. Uh, but that never happens. He is uh, a consummate professional. And, a consummate professional um, napper. <laughs> yeah. And, well, Fisher. And um, eventually um, he feels the tug on this big toe and goes, aha. Or, no, what would he say? What what would be his huzzah? Uh, um, oh my goodness! <laughs> I can't I can't I can't do this. Okay, okay. well yeah, huzzah, huzzah is fine. <laughs> or okay, he says, huzzah! <laughs> yeah, and um, he yanks his foot up. I, I I to my mind, you scramble backwards, like you crab walk backwards, and you're yanking with your foot. I mean, this is like a kind of fishing that no one else is familiar with. Mm-hmm. And um, and he hauls up like a big, like a uh, sun bass. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, and it's huge, and it's like fit for everyone to eat for dinner. Um, and so so uh, like I forgot this last time. I should have used this more often. But Silverleaf, you get inspiration. Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah! Um, Great. Do you want to tell? Do you want to tell a little bit about why fish are important? Like why? Why do you care about fish? Yeah. Okay. Um, Silverleaf uh, comes from just like a small fishing community in the north, and so it's like kind of the basis of his whole um, clan's like I wouldn't say economy, um, or you know, but just like you know, life lifestyle, right? And so like all of uh, you know, particular to like this community, there's like one special fish that lives in one special lake. Uh, where he or his, you know, his clan, they like use every part of it. And so like all of the rods, he's, you know, telling you this as he's making the fish or whatever. Um, all of like the rods that he like inscribes stuff on come from like a specific rib bone of this, like one kind of fish that you can only find in this one place. And like, that's like, that's the rib that they use to like, um, you know, record knowledge. Another rib is used to like, uh, you know, discipline children, um, things like that. Damn. Uh, you know, another rib they grind up, you know, cause it's soft and they like eat it as like a cake or something, um, or use it as flour in a cake. But yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a very like, uh, fishy fisherman, elf wizard type person. You know, like, uh, he casts web. It doesn't look like a spider web. It looks like a fishing net. Things like that. Mmm. Mmm. That's yeah. good. Um, Kylie is oh, sorry, spreading man. his arms, like, because 
Kylie's seen all of his bone things before, mm-hmm. right? All the time. And those are a lot bigger than any fish. Any fish you've seen. I mean, yeah. we're talking about the great fish, the important fish, the fish of my people. You know what I mean? Like, Sure. Kylie's not a big fan of fish. It's not uh, some, like, wimpy southern fish. No, no, no. It's not some... I mean, this is like a deep lake fish. This is like a fish that takes, you know, like, you gotta eat at least three boats to pull in. Like a, you know... It's like a Moby Dick situation. Right? They're Mm -hmm. low and away at this big fish. Anyway. Cool. All right. Um... Yeah, so you you all eat the fish. You have a have a good evening, and then there's two more days of travel. Um, anything else anyone wants to do on the boat while we're there? On the boat? Boat time? Kelly sits in the very middle of the whole entire time. You want to give me a constitution save? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh How's a six work for you? Uh, Kylie gets uh, boat sick. <laughs> like, pretty bad. It's just confirming everything Kylie believes about boats and water and all those kinds of things. Even sitting dead in the middle of the boat. I, I will say, Kylie does not make his way towards the side. You <laughs> <laughs> um, just grit your teeth and it comes through your nostrils. it's not befitting of a god king at all Uh, (laughs) okay so you all travel you know this this big long way um it's same kind of countryside so kind of lush green it rains a couple times a day still it's still the springtime and um but it's uneventful. I mean, there's there's a few times where the captain and his um, uh, uh, like boat hands, I don't know what they would be called, people that work on the boat, um, sailors, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, you gotta get poles out, and they gotta like navigate themselves through some like uh, rough stuff because uh, you know after the winter and into the spring, there's a lot of water that's coming down from the mountains, and it's a little, the the river is kind of up up its banks a little bit. Uh, up on its banks, but relatively uneventful. Um, and you make it to the kind of trade part of the river, or, you know, I don't know, the dock at Easting, um, at morning, sunrise, um, on the third day. And as you dock the boat, you see Easting in all of its glory, to the north. So you're on the north side of the bank and you're looking right at the city or at the town. Um, it's two dozen squat buildings. They're built into the hillside near what appears to be a disused mine. Hundreds of years ago, this was a dwarven trading post, but the closing of the mine and the changing demographics of this part of Faerun turned this into basically an evening rest stop at the fork of the road on the trader's road between Eversalt to the east and Suzale and Arable to the north. It's dawn, and you can see several people feeding animals in pens and carrying water back to their homes. As you're stretching from your cramped journey below decks of the trade barge, you see several people turn toward the south and begin pointing and calling out. You turn to look behind you, and the sky over the south bank of the river is rapidly changing color. 
flashing from hellish gray to a bright orange to a polar blue. You stare, awestruck for a few moments, and then something clicks into place. You know, things start kind of blinking, um, and they slow and slow and slow and slow. Um, and then the sky flips back to the normal warm shade of blue that it should be on this spring morning. And everyone kind of goes back to what they were doing. Uh, I turn to Paige and say, has that ever happened before? <laughs> uh, and she says, not, not while we were here. <laughs> she says, that, that's the first time I've ever seen that happen. And she kind of hurries her way into the village to go and, and talk to some other people. Mm. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> 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 well, uh, so has Tess ever seen anything like this before in her travels? Like, probably not on quite like this rapid of a shift, but definitely like a sky that's shifting colors before. Hmm. As a natural phenomenon or a magical phenomenon? I think it was probably a natural phenomenon. Okay. Okay, so this is, like, not beyond the pale of things that people have, have seen before. Okay. Other stuff? What, uh, what do we want to do? I, Tyler says, do we want to head in that direction, then? Pointing vaguely away from the town? I mean, we should probably, like, talk to people in town first. Ooh. I'd like to get directions to this tower. Right. Okay. Okie dokie. Um, okay, so... So, yeah, so let's... Uh, let's yeah. go to the tavern or something? You... Or? Yeah, so there. this is a small enough place to where there's... It, it, you know, the largest buildings by far are a tavern um, and then, like, a stable that, that's beside it. And, and they both need to be big enough because they are housing enough people that... Um, that they're separate buildings and they're kind of separate establishments, but you can see um, basically the last remaining stragglers from the people who stayed the night before. I mean, it is sunrise now. A lot of people are going to be trying to leave shortly before sunrise, but you see the last remaining stragglers, you know, with their pack horses or their wagons or whatever, kind of making their way out of the town. Um, and you walk, uh, you know, maybe two or 300 yards over to, the tavern um and it's called um i don't know kylie what's it called the old hole <laughs> okay with a, like an apostrophe like spelled o l d apostrophe o l e the old old it's named after the mine yeah. right yeah exactly okay <laughs> okay. Well, or drinking coal, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the idea that it's the old owl, and that's crossed out on the sign, <laughs> and then drinking hall is written underneath it uh, because it was too confusing for outsiders, for people who weren't from <laughs> up here. Um, they all were like, "What are you talking about?" Um, so you go in. And it is owned by yet another dwarf. Um, this is a uh, dwarf with kind of, he's kind of got an olive complexion. Um, he's got one long braid 
um, going down his back, and he says, well, 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 we're just about to close up for the day. Um, uh, is there anything I can get you before you head off on your journey? And he, he clearly believes that you are traitors of some sort who are just stopping in for a moment. Can you draw us a map? We're interested in seeing some of the local sites. I could draw 400 types of maps. Where do you want to do? You want to go to, um, you want to go to arable. You want some directions. Where, uh, what do you need? You want to know where pigs live? What are you up to? We've heard about some tower and also maybe some, um, are, are the mines worth seeing? No, he says there's nothing, there's nothing in the mine. Uh. He says, uh, the mine, it, it, you know, it used to be, and he's kind of got his like blase attitude about it. He's like, well, the mines used to be the big deal here, but, uh, once they went dry, you know, sometimes you dig too deep and once they went dry, there was, there was, uh, you know, there's no reason to be here. You know, my grandfather, he worked those mines, but this is not a mining town anymore. Hmm. I'd say you know something about digging too deep, don't you? He says that's that's a horrible stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would be remiss um, if I didn't uh, get this tavern owner to write down uh, where pigs live uh, for Weg, <laughs> who I assume will want to know that later. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, so he kind of he kind of uh, draws you a little like. Um, easy map here and uh it's you know it's a little location a little bit to the west of here mm. he says pigs live here that's good to know that's probably where Wegg is right now <laughs> i'm sure he found he found it um uh but yeah i think we're we're looking for the uh the tower of obelon and uh and also the fork farm because we're uh here to investigate these mysterious disappearances he says, well, he says, oh, are you the, did she come back finally? And he's, he's got this real, you know, uh, kind of feeling about it. We are they. He says, oh, yeah. He says, oh, great. He says, uh, I'm not expected to give you anything, am I? Just directions. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. He says, she's making promises to everyone. And he says, uh, all right, well, the fork fine. He says, you know, they're gnomes, right? Uh, yes. Is there a problem? Okay. Okay. Well, he says, well, you know how they are. And then he, he then he, uh, so he draws you a little map, and it's basically, you know, five hours away or something of the sort. You can kind of guesstimate in your head. He says, like, oh, you got to cross the river, and then you got to go down this path, uh, you know, kind of this little trader's road, not the trader's road, but but you know, kind of like a like a cart path. It takes you down through the forest a little bit and then into some fields. He says that the fork farm is down uh, kind of at the far edge of those fields. And then you kind of keep drawing the map. He says, oh, you want to go to the, the tower? He says, look, people are disappearing around here. You don't want to mess around that tower. It's always been bad luck. Mm. Uh, no one likes it. Only weirdos come to look at it. They don't spend any money. Uh, tower enthusiasts. He, he does air quotes. Tower enthusiasts. Um, and so then he draws the map, and it's basically another half day or so. Um, so this is kind of like a full day's journey all the way to the tower. Uh, you you would probably have to camp on your way is the, the feeling that you get. But yeah, he draws you the little map, and it looks fairly simple. A map's map? Map, map is a map. 
Uh, I have one more one, one more request, uh, uh, tavern tavern keeper. Um, and uh, he looks uh, Silverleaf looks a little nervous, and he says, uh, "Are you uh, initiated in the way of the funneled cake? Can you so, make one uh, of those?" He says, "No." A, f- a what? A funneled a cake. Funnel cake. A funneled cake. Well, is, uh, is that like a like a fried flapjack? Silverleaf looks at like uh, Tess and uh, and Kylie and is like has like a, a look of like please help me out here. I'm Jonesing. <laughs> <laughs> Kylie shrugs and says, "Probably." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and he says, "Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess we could make one." He says, "He says like Charlie," and uh, a uh, uh, another dwarf comes from the back, and they look identical to one another. And he's like, "Can you can you just make a flapjack and then put it in the fryer?" Um, and uh, and Charlie like shrugs his shoulders and he does that. And what you get doesn't look like a funnel cake. It looks like someone made a pancake. <laughs> And then uh, put it in a fryer. And and uh, how does Silverleaf feel about that first? Well, Silverleaf um, takes out, and he's, like, very secretive, but he's got, like, a little bag. Um, and he kind of, like, is hiding from uh, Kylie and, uh, and Tess. And you see him, like, take something out of the bag and sprinkle it all over this fried flapjack and then eat it very quickly. Um uh, I think on a scale of one to funnel cake, I'd give it about a five. Well, uh, but before, so you, you sprinkle the powder yeah. on it and then, uh, as you take your first bite, this tastes kind of like a funnel cake, right. but it also tastes like, um, the uh, sheer number of, uh, <laughs> fried, uh, potatoes that have been put in <laughs> right. it. Every other thing that's been <laughs> in that then, fryer. Yeah, and fish fillets and all those other things too. So that might lower the score slightly. Ah. Disappointing. Hmm. And uh, you know, the dwarf shrugs. He says, "I don't know what you want." There's anything else you need? And he's he's trying. To, he goes over to the front door and he like turns the sign over from open to close. The Cheers closing theme song starts playing. He says, "Is there anything else you need?" Um, how is it? Like looks at the other two and says, "I don't think so." Okay. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, he kind of uh, swooshes you out the door. You know, he's got a broom um, in his hand. Kylie <laughs> gives him a gold piece as we leave. Oh, money. Mm-hmm. Coinage. And says, yeah, and he says, uh, thank you. Don't die. He says, if you want to come back here, you want to start up a trade route? I can draw you all kinds of maps for trade routes. Think about that. I'll think on trading. That's a real honest business, not whatever you do. Think about owning a tavern. Uh, and he kind of slams the door behind you a little bit. Ungrateful. Yeah, I don't... What's what's that guy's name? Chester Backhand? I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his name's Chester Backhand. <laughs> Chester and Charlie. Uh, no, Charlie was his brother. Right. <laughs> Chester, oh, okay. Chester and Charlie Backhand. <laughs> I couldn't tell if they were brothers or you were just being a dwarf racist. No, I would not. the the um, the the narratorial voice in this game is never going to be a dwarf racist. <laughs> just let you know. 
Just um, like <laughs> beards matted with like grease from the fryer. One long braid. Chester and Charlie backhand. Family's been in this town. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, what a what a combo! Yeah. All right, so you're out. It's uh, maybe thirty minutes later. You're you're out and about in the world. There's not that many, um, you know, buildings here, um, and you don't see um, uh, Paige anywhere. What do you want to do? Um, I. Do we need any more information? That was a question towards mm-hmm. other people. Yeah, I, I think. Tess, I, what do you think? I mean, I'd I'd, I'd like to know where Paige went because seems seems important. <laughs> yeah, maybe she can give us some. Oh. If if her wife is the if Gina Stormhand is the keeper of this tower, maybe there are some documents or keys or artifacts or something that would. Uh, help us when we get there. Okay. I guess it would be pretty inconvenient if we found a wife and then we came back and she herself was missing. That Seems would be bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So you just kind of start wandering around and yelling. Uh, that seems to be, that appears to be the most viable strategy in front of you. So you just start yelling, page, page, page. You're walking around. And um, eventually you can see her. She's sitting or standing beside the town well. Um, you know, there's like a big basin that, that someone's pulling water out of the well and, and putting it in the basin for people to get it out, you know, to, to fill their own bucket so they're not having to manually use the, the well themselves. And she's talking to the person who's operating the bucket. Some It's a half-orc, um, a, a large half-orc woman who's just, like, using the well um, and, and chatting it up with uh, Paige. And you walk over to Paige, and um, what, so what are you asking specifically? Um, I'm saying, well, I, we're about to head into the forest uh, to look for your wife and the Fork family and, and uh, see what's going on with your village here and uh i i just wanted to know is there uh is there any 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 you know keys or you know lore you know special carved rods that you might have about this uh tower that would help us when we get there mm, she says um she says you know gina uh was always very secretive about her job um it's a, it was a great job. It's one of the best jobs, uh, one of the most special jobs that you could have in this town. She says that that um, Gina's uh, father did this, and then his father before him, and his father before him, um, all the way back until the tower was built, basically. They, they've been taking care of this tower. She always wanted to move closer to the tower, but but I didn't want to do that because that sucks. Yeah. Um, I want to live in this bustling metropolis. And she kind of gestures to that. And you see like uh, one chicken walk <laughs> like through the town square. Um, and uh, so she says, um, you know, uh, so she never told me, you know, if, if there's some sort of rod or pass key or something like that, I don't know anything about it. I do know that she used a, a big pair of shears all the time. That was an important part of her job. Why would she need shears say- to take care of a tower? 
I'm not the tower keeper. I don't know. I'm just letting you know. She had a big pair of shears, and she would use. She would take them with her every time. It's and she says, "Well, you know, it's it's pretty far away, mm-hmm. right?" She she says it's about a about a day away. Um, so it wasn't. It's never weird for Gina to be gone a couple days. Uh, it's when she didn't return for a week that I eventually sought you out. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, go ahead. Did you go to the tower before coming to find someone else? No, it's dangerous. I went to find um, experts. Why is the tower dangerous? It's out in nature. I mean... I'm 65 years old. Okay. It it took all all I had to ride on a boat for three days. Kyla says 65 years young. She gives you a wink and says, thank you. (laughs) That's why Um, he's going to be God King. When you say job... (laughs) <laughs> smooth when you say job do you mean um profession or is this more of a more esoteric duty well it's all she did was she paid for it uh yes um By who? she uh so in so you kind of see Paige get kind kind of a, a look on her face and she kind of you know furrows her brow and says you know i don't i don't know I don't know who pays her to do it. I mean, all of our needs are taken care of. I All I do is talk to uh, the people all day long um, and make sure that the town is kind of taken care of. I, You know, I don't know. Her, her father did it. And then she kind of gives you the same spiel again, almost, mm-hmm. um, you know, explaining the kind of trajectory of this job, this profession, basically. Um but but yeah, she she it doesn't seem like she knows some sort of grant structure or trust. Clearly, it, yeah. She says, "Yeah, maybe." Um, she says, "I I don't know." Um, the tower is 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 odd, you know. And and so really, if you remember, uh, like we talked about earlier, that that there is this kind of sometimes it's open, sometimes it's not. Uh, it depends on when you go, and there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. And so you can intuit that there is a world in which maybe money appears in this tower or tower or something, um, because it is bizarre. So we should probably get a pair of shears before we go out there. Yes. Okay. So I, you probably has a sword. I'm okay. gonna say we should get a pair of shears. Okay. <laughs> so um, you make your way over to the uh, there, there's kind of like a farm supply store, that kind of thing, and uh, you know think of uh, if you've seen Deadwood, like the the uh, uh, store that they operated in that show which is just like random stuff that people might need um and uh so you go over there and you buy a pair of shears um now do you want small shears like like for shearing a sheep or do you want bigger shears i assumed like sheep shear shears i guess we did not ask (laughs) i think um big shears for like trimming a hedge Okay. You buy both. Great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Note that somewhere. Now we can go to the clock tower and murder young teenagers <laughs> that show up. I'm just writing this down. Oh, Shears, I got comma, that. <laughs> all kinds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, um, okay. Anything else you want to do here? You want to- how, how far did you say it was to the Forks Farm? Uh, it's about four or five hours. Okay. 
Do you want to go there first? Yeah, we should probably the go way. there. Oh, okay. That works doubly yeah. so. Okay. Why don't we go there? We'll sleep there for the night. And move I on. I mean, we got here, like, in the morning. I don't think it's been that long, has it? No, it's been, like, uh, probably about two hours. And so you will get oh. there um, at, you know, noon. Noon or one. I was confused by the, the dwarf closing the um, tavern. Mm-hmm. You, well, you don't uh, understand. Yeah. They only drink from 9 p.m. to 7 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that. Well, so, it, yeah, it's that kind of operation, right? Where since okay. it's mostly for people staying overnight, it, it's open from, you know, maybe 4 p.m. to like 7 or 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's a 9 o'clock to 9 o'clock bar um, in real life by my apartment. Well, you should go ask them uh, about drawing Fun some fact. maps. See how that <laughs> What's the, How does their business model work? Um, um, it's called Batman, so it's pretty well. It's called Batman? Yep, just Batman. You know, sometimes you think the fantasies we construct in D&D truly are bizarre. And then you find about the nine to nine bar named Batman. <laughs> and you think, maybe not. Maybe Maybe this is way more normal. <laughs> <laughs> reality um okay so you're heading out of town yeah yeah let's do it okay all right so you make your way to the um to the river you know it's, that's a few hundred yards here and there's a little bridge and you take your bridge over you know it's enough for for a farmer to carry a cart over that kind of thing and you get on the small kind of cart road you know, you know, think uh, it's like through the forest and it's maybe 10 feet wide and there's some deep ruts. It's muddy in the middle and there's some kind of deep ruts in the middle um, where carts are going back and forth. You don't have a good sense of, um, you know, if a cart was coming from both directions, what would happen? It's, it's kind of that small. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you kind of follow that road um, all the way to the south. Um, is there anything you're looking for on your way there? Is there anything you're doing as you walk? I'm looking for signs of strange animals. Tracks. Um, give me a D100 roll. Spore, anything like that. Okay, D100, you got it. 28. Okay, so you see, um, so you're, you know, you're looking for, like, mushrooms and things like that? Is what you're no, saying? I'm saying I'm looking for, like, signs of, uh, of animals, like tracks or spore or anything oh. like that. Oh, okay. Um, I, I thought you said spores. Ah, no, <laughs> S-P-O-O-R. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, so you don't, you don't see anything directly as you're walking, you know, the, the three of you are kind of, uh, slowly making your way or not slowly, but walking at a normal pace and you see Silverleaf just kind of like, you know, really kind of scanning back and forth and looking and maybe walking off the road a little bit into the forest sometimes and coming back. You do see, um, some bear, um, poop on the ground, some fresh bear poop. Well, mystery solved, y'all. Bears ate everyone. Bears ate everyone. We can go home now. That'll be a good fallback. 
just to throw yeah, off the suspicion that uh, we might be involved in any way. Um, <laughs> you never know these villagers. They might be looking for outsiders to to blame. They brought us here specifically to blame us? No, that's that's next. Uh, that's next. Danger country. around every corner, y'all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you want to give me another uh, 100 roll? Sure. Seventy-three. So this is maybe an hour later. You're kind of uh, walking around, and you then see. So you you all can see this. Um, some massive like hunks knocked out of some trees. Um, you know well, this, what height? Um, at like seven feet high. Dang. Higher than a bear. Yeah, much higher than a bear. Um, and you see these kind of knocked across. You see one smaller tree completely knocked over. It's not over the road, but it's kind of the side of the road. It's in, knocked into the forest. Um, you see signs of a struggle maybe in the middle of the road. And Silverleaf, you, with your experience and your uh, knowledge of weird magic stuff, you know that these are, uh, this is signs of something that was fighting with an owlbear. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. So maybe the bear poop was... Um owlbear poop is there a difference is it more of like a pellet with an owlbear you tell me yes owlbears eat their prey and then regurgitate owlbear pellets they actually they don't eliminate um in the way that regular bears do so okay well there you go um owlbears just gobble rabbits whole and then vomit up their bones yeah 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 (laughs) Okay, well, so confirm, because you know that owlbears make pellets, Mm -hmm. you know that what you saw about an hour ago, that was bear poop. This is owlbear violence. (laughs) Owlbear violence. That's my my band name. Um, (laughs) Is it like only owlbear tracks, or is there like... Um, you, (laughs) You think that... The, uh, you you kind of look around. Give me a investigation okay. check. Twenty-two. Okay, you see that there are there's tufts of hair everywhere, and uh, alongside tufts of hair, there's also owlbear feathers mm-hmm. from their like feathered head part, and you also see big giant like three foot long. Uh, normal bird feathers and then you can kind of see that some of the damage on the trees is a little bit different doesn't look like owlbear damage and you determine that this was an owlbear fighting some sort of large winged creature uh maybe a giant eagle something like that how many of these uh feathers are there the really big ones um quite quite a few quite a you know dozens gather up some sure absolutely yeah, they're in my bag. Yeah, what did I just say? They're about four feet long. Is that what I said? I think three, but I'll take four. Okay. Yeah. So they're four feet long. You bundle them up. Um, yeah. Note that on your on your character sheet. Those will come in handy. If, for fashion purposes. I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, you can make like a really rad cloak or a cape or something. Okay. Yeah. Want to keep going? Keep going. 
All right, so you don't really see anything else for the remaining, we'll say, hour of your journey. Um, it's about noon, maybe noon 30, and you kind of come through the forest into some underbrush, kind of some, you know, this is thick springtime, um, like hedge that's grown up. So there's all this kind of, you know, um, brand new growth that's sprung up at the very edges of the forest. You imagine that probably the villagers get together or the farmers who are on this side, you know, the, the other side of the forest probably get together and clear back the forest maybe in the fall. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you, you go from forest to like thick underbrush out into cleared farmland. Um, and there's quite a bit of it, you know, it, it, it stretches kind of as far as you can see. And there's a couple farms, um, that you're immediately passing on your journey. And, and you know, these aren't the fork farm. You can look at your map and you can see that the, the, uh, uh, Chester wrote down, you know, that, you know, here's this farm and this farm and this farm and this farm. And then this last one, you know, on, uh, on the far side of the farmlands, the furthest south, that's where the fork farm is. And so as you're walking, uh, you know, a farmer here and there, you know, so you see uh, a half orc farmer, you see one tiefling farmer, um, you see another couple gnomes, you see a halfling, and they kind of, you know, they're working in their fields or they're working at the barn beside their homes and they'll kind of give you a wave. Um, but, but no one's coming out to talk to you or anything like that. You continued to walk. (laughs) (laughs) Do you... Which is the farm closest to the one that we're actually going to? Um, You don't have it written. You don't have the name of it written down, but you you have a sense of where it is, like on the map. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, I'd go... I'd like to go to the like neighbors of the missing farmers so we can ask them if like they know anything like when they were last like actually present or just try and find stuff out okay um does that sound good to everybody just making sure we got party consensus okay um so you do that um one second uh okay so you stop at the farm that's that's um you walk probably for another hour i mean this is the farms are obviously widely uh spaced out um but they're all kind of bunched around this road that you're traveling this kind of cart path that they all use and uh, eventually you get to the farm that you believe you can see the fork farm from here. It's kind of, there's cleared land in between. It's a little bit hilly, um, but it's not like there's a lot of growth going on right now because the farm, the land's been cleared. So you can see the fork farm and it's almost near the forest on the other side of this farmland. Um, but you stop at the, um, at the farm right beforehand and a, a human comes out and uh uh, he says, uh, uh, hail, hail and well met. And he kind of raises his hand. He's got a big wide brim hat on. He's got overalls on. He's got a pitchfork in his hand. Um, and he's, he's holding it like a weapon. You know, he's not, this is not a, um, American Gothic kind of pose, right? He's, he's ready to rumble if you're ready to rumble. 
He says, what are you doing around here? What was the name of the farming family that disappeared? The Fork family. Uh, the, fork, the Fork. The Fork family, yeah. Uh, we're trying to find out what happened to the Fork family. We had someone come recruit us to investigate like where they disappeared to. He says, well, I want you to find my damn daughter Delia, too. Okay. When did she disappear? Last night. Hmm. He says, and seems like you're the only new faces. We arrived in town this morning. Uh, where was your daughter last night? In her own damn room. You can, uh, give me a uh, perception check. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> okay. Um, so this dude is is shook. Like you can see, you, you don't really know more than that. But but this is not. Uh, he's not posturing. That's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. He probably actually has a daughter. <laughs> yeah. He de- oh yeah. He definitely has a daughter. <laughs> And so he's he's kind of holding and and he's holding his um his his pitchfork he's holding it like you would hold a weapon but it's defensively you know what I mean there uh cameron here i hope you enjoyed that episode uh cutting it here right at the beginning of the next kind of big scene so we can start with a bang in the next episode if you like this show you can support us on patreon there's a link down in the description below this episode um hopefully you enjoy that it should be good uh for as little as a dollar a month you can really uh help us out and help us keep making this kind of content if you want to see other videos that we make here at range touch you can go to youtube.com slash range touch if you want to get more updates on twitter twitter.com slash range touch and if you like hearing my wonderful voice uh said with a heap of sarcasm if you like hearing me just talk about random stuff you can listen to game study study buddies where me and michael lutz who is not on this show um but where we uh uh talk about game studies books uh and you don't have to be an academic to enjoy it um yeah thank you again for listening uh remember your support is what makes this possible and we'll be back with the next episode soon